Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm, once again, his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today's episode is long overdue. I think oh uh, any avid listeners of our show would agree with that sentiment. And also just any fans of fantastic video game music in the last decade uh, are probably expecting, when are we going to do an episode <laughs> on Vert, the legendary Jake Kaufman? Today. <laughs> yeah. Also, anyone who knows our personal musical tastes, I mean, he's one of our all-time favorite video game composers, so it's pretty weird that we've waited this long. Um, we're always kind of holding off hope that at some point we'll be able to have him on the show, but that could still happen in the future. So, you know, we, we finally decided that, you know, that's not a good enough reason to, to not be able to talk about his entire career. Cause, uh, you know, if we did interview him in the future, that would probably lead to totally different discussion. So today is going to be a smattering of Jake Kaufman's video game work. And there's so many different ways we could have approached this playlist, but what we decided to do was uh, play 20 pieces of music and only one track from a specific title. So this is 20 different titles that Jake has worked on. And now he's actually worked on over double that. So he's worked on a lot of different video games. Obviously, some are more popular and beloved than others, but we thought it'd be nice to do a smattering to see maybe kind of chronologically how far he's come uh, in his relatively short career, but I mean, what he's been able to achieve so far is just absolutely phenomenal. So this is going to be such a good playlist. Agreed. Well, I think we better just dive right into it. What are we listening to right now, Carl? I thought this was a fitting plan. It's called Staring at My Spaceship, and it's the only track we're playing today that's not from a video game. I thought it was fitting because Jake got his start as a remixer and then chip tuner. And so I thought it would be fitting to, to play one of those examples. This is actually, you can find this on his Bandcamp. He has an album called Choice Nuggets, which has unreleased tracks and non-game tracks. So so that's what, what kind of this is from. I think this is an early 2000s chiptune he did, but it's just really, really inventive and, and awesome. And you can kind of hear him coming into his own. And that's what I'm excited on this playlist is we're going to kind of see his evolution which, which is going to be great. So yeah, let, let's definitely get into it. Uh, so there's a lot of great music that we aren't able to play today. We could only pick uh, 20 tracks and he got his start composing for video games on the Game Boy Color. So a couple of shout outs I want to give you guys things to check out. You should check out Eminem's Minis Madness for the Game Boy Color. That was 2000, one of the first games he worked on. And then the next year, another really good one is David Beckham's Soccer for the Game Boy Color. So those are uh, great soundtracks that we weren't able to feature today. He did a lot of Game Boy Advance stuff and then quite a bit of DS work. So really cool. Let's start things off with a Game Boy Color game that in some ways put him on the map. This is 2002, Shantae. Uh, first game in this, what would turn out to be a series. Let's take a listen to Sequin Land East Day Travel composed by Vert. Thank you. 
awesome. You guys are listening to Sequin Land East Day Travel from Shantae. It's incredible what Jake is able to get out of the Game Boy Color technology, considering that this is one of the first games he's worked on. I think he had been working on video games for like maybe a year and a half at this point. So very, very early video game work. And who would have thought that some of the, the melodies that he composed when he was pretty young here he would be going back to over 10 years after this, you know, because the most recent game in the Shantae series, I think, just came out last year. And it features, again, hearkening to, to these melodies that he wrote in 2001, 2002. Um, so, yeah, this is very impressive work from Shantae. The thing that we really admire so much about Jake Kaufman is he really has a little something for everybody. You know, if, if the kind of music you like is music that is groove-based or rhythmic-based, you know, Jake has got you covered. If you're someone who's a fan of a catchy tune, a memorable uh, melodic element, Jake has got you covered. If you're someone who enjoys kind of a very polished, um, in some ways kind of show-off-y presentation when it comes to chip music, Jake definitely has you covered there because yeah. I, he's really one of the greatest living chip tuners, I would say, which is kind of an understatement because he's so much more than that. And he's a composer who has dived into almost every kind of genre you would ever want from you know orchestral film score-esque music to you know disco to funk jazz yeah. uh you know actual like all-out modern pop music he he's really done it all and that's why i'm so excited for today's episode is to not only show off his diversity mm -hmm. but really the kind of through line of his singular compositional voice yeah, that's going to happen with the playlist today i'm so excited for that i you know i will go further i will say that jay kaufman i believe is the very best currently active chip tuner in the world there's nobody like him uh he, he's obviously more than that he's just a, a wonderful composer and musician but yeah when he writes chip tunes he makes them sing and just shred more than anyone else <laughs> so i'm really excited to to get to that and you know we're going to slowly see him grow as a composer. So, all right, we actually are going to jump a few years into the future to 2007. So from 2002 to 2007, he was pretty active. He was doing a lot of remixes and a lot of his own chiptunes. He was working on games doing mostly sound design work. So that's why we're not featuring music in between that period. Uh, there were there were some titles he worked on. Let's just give a couple of shout outs here. Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Legend of K, Brain Challenge, and, and a few more. So we're skipping over that. Moving into Contra 4. This is the only Nintendo DS game we're going to be uh, focusing on today. Uh, and so this was definitely, for his career, a really huge game. I think he was probably shocked that he was actually able to compose for Contra 4. I mean, that's a big deal. That, you know, that series is very legendary, especially in video game music. You know, some of the most famous uh, Konami video game music. So uh, what he did with this score is he did a really good job of harkening back to some original Contra themes and also writing new music that fit that fits really well in the series. Let's take a listen to Jungle One, which starts with an homage to Contra on the NES and then goes into original material composed by Jay Kaufman. <laughs>
You guys are listening to Jungle One from Contra 4 for the Nintendo DS. This is composed by Jay Kaufman, and this had to have been a really exciting, uh, crazy title for him to work on. He did a really good job with it. He got a lot out of the DS. Uh, all the soundtracks that I listened to that he composed, very rocking, very high energy, sounded better than a lot of the kind of run-of-the-mill DS music. Um, yeah, this, this is pretty cool. I really like how he's he starts off with the riff from the original NES game and then goes into original music that would probably be less at home on the NES. This is music that sounds better on the DS. It's something about it is maybe a little bit more authentic uh, outside video game music, but you know, it still it still works really well for a video game. Totally. You can almost hear some uh, foreshadowing to some of the Shovel Knight stuff and some of hmm. the um, harmonic cadences and resolutions. Um, but yeah, a very rocking track. And in many ways, I think it goes far beyond what that original Contra theme was able to do uh, musically but yeah so much fun and definitely in that vein I think these instrument choices do a great job of kind of capturing the sound that maybe we all imagined the contra music evoking in that original NES title for sure kind of this overblown rock mixed with orchestra sound that just feels very 80s kind of balls out um you know not holding back at all and what's interesting about this being 2007 is that it it gets to almost have kind of a tongue-in-cheek quality right because you know at the time um when contra came out it felt like it was sending up a lot of things in contemporary culture a lot of action movies you know it 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 basically was a little bit like Rambo meets aliens or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, or I guess then, cause this is, you know, 10 years ago, which is hard to believe, but it, it was more of a, a retrospective back at a kind of what was then like a nostalgic era yeah. of this kind of eighties action thing and doing kind of a, a remake. And he was tasked with almost that exact same job again. We're going to get to that. And he's just the perfect man for for that job. So uh, he continues to work, uh, does a lot of work um, collaboratively with other composers, you know, titles such as TMNT and uh, pretty notably uh, at, at the time Red Faction Guerrilla. Uh, and then right after that, in 2009, he composed a game for a little company called Way Forward, which he would work for for many years, called Mighty Flip Champs. This is the first game in the Mighty series, and it was a turning point in some ways uh, for that company and for Jay Kaufman. Let's take a listen to a track called World Final, No Turning Back from Mighty Flip Champs. You guys are listening to World Final 
from Mighty Flip Champs, composed by Jay Kaufman. And we're getting closer to kind of that classic vert sound. Definitely closer than what we've heard, you know, probably so far in his video game work. But he still hasn't quite landed on it, in my opinion. Uh, it's very rocking, very high energy, but there's not really a lot that in my opinion, separates this from his other peers at the time. Uh, so this is exciting because we're still hearing his evolution, and the level of confidence that he eventually would have, uh, I think he's still kind of growing into that. Uh, but it, it's really fun, even if you just take the Mighty series, it's a good example. This is the first game in the series, and it, it's good music, um, but it's not quite as singular and iconic as what he would uh, land on eventually. I think that's a fair point. Um, honestly, though, I just what a fantastic melody. I yeah. mean, it's so good. I, that is a very Kaufman-esque melody, just in how triumphant it is, yet how rhythmically syncopated it is, and that's what's really catchy. And also the use of the Dorian mode, which is just kind of a staple of game music, that kind of right. classic rocking progression. Um, he's definitely sending up everything that I imagine he loved growing up with video games. And mm -hmm. uh, w if I were to describe one element of Jake Kaufman, it would be that... Uh, that love and celebration of what makes a video game music aesthetic. And mm -hmm. as he, um, as you mentioned, Carl kind of continued to grow in advance. What I think also of Jake Kaufman is him almost going further, going beyond those, um, early video game influences into what sort of inspired them. Right. So, you know, where in a track like this, it feels very much like it's, it's sending up, you know, eighties and nineties rocking arcade music, NES, super Nintendo Genesis, um, but as he sort of continued to grow into, I'd say the whole last decade, there's been a lot more of kind of like exploring the genres that influence video game music and kind of going That's even further true. and doing authentic things in classical funk and jazz and all these genres that no other video game composer has ever done. Oh, it's I so think. exciting. <laughs> yeah. Any fan of video game music, I feel like you just have to love Jake Kaufman. Some part of him, some soundtrack has to resonate with you. He's just an absolute all-star. All right, let's move on to the next year, 2010. He worked on the sequel to Shantae, Shantae Risky's Revenge. Uh, let's take a listen to Burning Town, composed by Jake Kaufman. You guys are listening to Burning Town from Shantae Risky's Revenge. Came out in 2010, composed by Jake Kaufman, and we are hearing this evolution here. I think this is another pivotal score for him. His The production, you know, the quality of his production here, I think so far was the best thing he had done for a game. And you're just hearing his 
confidence and his ability to just stretch out and go into so many different directions. He's going to take a solo, he's going to modulate, he's going to just have so many different changes of feel. Um, it just really takes you on a journey before before the track loops, and that's what we're starting to hear um, in his music. This is just incredible. Yeah, and we've talked about this series and its music, I think, at, at great lengths yeah. before. Um, but I just so love that uh, it really reminds me of like kind of the attitude of, I'd say, like Sonic the Hedgehog 3, where mm. it's incorporating existing maybe musical cliches or uh, existing genres that have been sent up, but also combining it with something a little bit more like groovy and funky. You know, it has this obvious kind of Middle Eastern flair to it, but it's that mixed with some kind of like gut-busting rock, <laughs> you know, with the that almost sounds like biker music or something. But then all of it also has this kind of really groovy, quasi-hip-hop sensibility to it. It's this great eclectic mix of everything that just feels video gamey honestly couldn't agree more god it's so exciting all right let's keep going we're now going to move on to a game called thor god of thunder so i think this came out uh the same year actually no this was 2011 this came out and Jake worked on the DS version of this game, so it looks like we actually have one more DS track today. Enon Zur composed the version for the consoles, and Jake worked on the DS version. Let's take a listen to Valhalla Awaits. Here we go. guys listening to Valhalla Awaits from Thor God of Thunder. This was really interesting listening to this. I'd never heard of this game, never heard the soundtrack, and he does some good stuff here. Obviously composed by Vert for the DS here. And I'm hearing a lot of precursors, a lot of foreshadowing to what he would eventually do in something like Shovel Knight. This is three years from his work on Shovel Knight, by the way. And as every single year progresses, you'll see that he starts to, you know, work on higher profile titles. And that's going to definitely lead up to, to Shovel Knight, which for, for Will and myself is probably so far the, the masterpiece of, of Jake's career. And we should mention that if anyone... Uh, is new to the podcast there's a couple of other required listening uh, you should listen to our Shante episode we've done quite a few spotlights on his music that was a great one you should definitely check out the Supreme League of Patriots uh, we had a Shovel Knight episode as well as two other expansion spotlights so those are all uh, essential episodes in my opinion absolutely what I think is interesting about these earlier examples is we almost see like in retrospect how he was just being primed almost like a superhero <laughs> origin story for working on Shovel Knight um, first of all working on something like Contra 4 
is a great example of, of him uh, being put in the position of creating something that is overtly nostalgic and kind of a send-up of something that exists before. His work as a chiptune artist, obviously another element of it. But then what I love here in this Thor God of Thunder, we see him exploring with uh, the use of modal writing and getting into that kind of medieval uh, high fantasy realm in terms of his music. Here yeah. there's a, a, a lot of use of the Mixolydian mode, particularly in that kind of developing section, mm-hmm. which is something that I very much associate with a lot of the music of Shovel Knight. So I think it's interesting um, looking at it from our sort of bias perspective from our sort of bias perspective, just with uh, how shovel centric I'd say you and I both are, but it's interesting seeing this is almost like his origin story. All right. So we have three more soundtracks from 2011 that we have to get through. So what a huge year for him. We're first going to move on to mighty Milky way. Now this is a very important soundtrack for our podcast because I think this is the first piece of original Jay Coffin music I had actually ever heard. It was some like listener show and tell or some episode like that. Someone suggested music from this and I was blown away when I first heard it. I had no idea who he was back then, which I think is kind of uh, maybe uh, embarrassing <laughs> for our podcast. It was early in our podcast, but I heard this and the way that it's combining NES sounding chip tunes with just a level of like orchestral expression I was just very moved by and very impressed by. So let's take a listen to World One Space from Mighty Milky Way. You guys are listening to World One from Mighty Milky Way, composed by Jake Kaufman. This came out in 2011, and definitely it was very important for our podcast because it was the first introduction to, oh my gosh, who is this Jake Kaufman character? He's incredibly talented, and uh, lo and behold, we would eventually <laughs> grow to adore all of his video game music. Gosh, what an incredible piece. I love that it's um, kind of somewhere in between exploring this quasi-classical waltz thing Mm -hmm. with a slightly more kind of old-school pop kind of harmonic language with these seventh chords and everything and the fact that it's kind of swung and everything. Some electronic influence, too, in in the production. It's just such a cool mixture and fusion of sounds. This, this uh, On his Bandcamp, you can download this official soundtrack, and it includes the Mighty Milky Way music and the Mighty Flip Champs music all in one score. And it's a pretty delightful score to listen to all the way through, and a lot of it I had not actually listened to all the way through, so I definitely recommend that. Some great music that we're not able to play, some other killer tracks from Milky Way that you guys should definitely definitely check out. Okay, so... I also really love how this piece ends. Just the chords at the end are yeah. just super out there and um, really spacey. Very fitting. 
All right, we're going to move on to another game from 2011, Blood Rain Betrayal. Now, this one musically uh, is incredibly important because it seems like this is maybe his first attempt, his first experimenting with that with the sound that eventually would lead to Shovel Knight. So what we're going to do here is play a mixture of two different presentations of this theme, Dusk Falls. The, the, the main version uh, has kind of rock sequenced instruments but he did compose he did make an nes chiptune version of this and so we're going to fade that in halfway through and when you listen to that it sounds like classic jake classic shovel knight all right let's take a listen to this mix of dusk falls version here. Shovel Knight, anyone? <laughs> this here is the Dusk Falls 8-bit version from Blood Rain Betrayal, composed by Vert. Wow. There are so many things about the way that he programs these chiptunes that makes it all his own. I mean, first of all, uh, his kind of bold use of the VRC6 um, and the the duties of all the instruments is, is very specifically him. But what I notice is he has a very signature style of vibrato, which uh, is a very wide, wavy vibrato. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, I think that's part of the fun for him. And he also does uh, certain uh, specific effects with note scoops and slides in yeah. his instrument choices that really reminds me of him. And then he just has a very signature melodic sensibility. Some of the rhythms he will use and some of the kind of uh, resolutions melodically that mm-hmm. take place and his sort of vast and bold, exciting use of kind of classical harmony mixed with kind of, you know, classic rock and it's all infused together. In yeah, that's Jake. Wonderful 8-bit porridge. That's his sound. All right, we're going to play one last 2011 score. This is Mighty Switch Force. 
one of our absolute favorite things he's ever worked on. So groovy, so dancey. In my opinion, when, when you look the, at the chronology of his work in games, this is another huge turning point because uh, the level of confidence and fun that he has in his production is an in, and his instrument choices here uh, is really a step up, I think. Very, very dancey stuff. Let's. Uh, it's really hard to pick just one track, but we're going to pick today, Whoa, I'm in Space Cuba from Mighty Switch Force, composed by Jay Kaufman. reminds me of early 90s Latin pop music, something like Gloria Estefan. It's just so funky and good. So unabashed. A lot of humor in this piece of music. Uh, it's absolutely delicious. This is one of the, my absolute favorite things that Jake's ever done. This might be my favorite. Uh, it's just perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's so much personality, so much polish. Uh Every single element is just flawless. Fantastic yep. melody, really hooky lines, a the really rhythms. sumptuous kind of jazz chord changes. Those and rhythms yeah. are, are the star for this. This was such a endlessly inspiring piece of music for me. Inspired a lot of original music that I wrote. Just the rhythm of this, the groove that he established, is just it hits you in the face right away. I'll never forget first listening to it. I has had such a like a violent reaction. It was just like, oh, like I was slapped in the face by funk, and it was just the best feeling ever. Yeah, gosh, this mighty Switch Force music is just out of this world. It, it's it feels like kind of what some of the Sega composers were trying to capture uh, back in the 90s on the Genesis. Yeah. But it's like Jake goes so much further and it's like there's something so glorious about hearing some of these chip sounds mixed in with slightly more modern production. Mm -hmm. But then he just compresses and limits everything to a point that it just sounds like your speakers are exploding in the best and way possible i don't know it's so cool yeah i completely agree carl that mighty mighty switch force is almost the first point where it feels like kaufman could almost be a brand Absolutely. you know it's like you can this flavor is so distinct uh, and just cool uh, yeah it's its own enterprise it's just mighty mighty cool all right let's move on to the next year 2012 very big game for him will mentioned 
the way that he approached Contra 4 as this nostalgic look back in the 80s, the same thing here. This is Double Dragon Neon. He was tasked with making a nostalgic 80s sounding score, using original melodies from Double Dragon, but also composing new ones. This is a really good song. It's a pop song with vocals, and I actually think it works really well. I mentioned last week that it's very rare for that to happen for me on a video game, but this is an example where it works really well. It's just a good melody, good lyrics, very 80s and dancey and fun. Let's take a listen to City Streets 2, Mango Tango. You guys are listening to City Streets 2 from Double Dragon Neon, composed by the one and only Jake Kaufman. This is outstanding songwriting here, really good production, and it feels video gamey. Uh, just when you think uh, you've heard the whole song and it feels kind of like a traditional 80s pop song, he goes into a little bit more extended, uh, you know, borrowed chords and jazzy chords and, and things like that that make it feel at home in a video game. It's just really good writing. Totally, and I don't know, such a fun 80s production, that synth bass and the, the gated sound of those snare hits is, is just great. It's kind of like making it the sound of contemporary pop music from when the original Double Dragon came yes. out for the arcades. That's definitely, I, I assume that was his intention. I mean, whether or not it was, that that's what it feels like here. And, and you know, I, I do want to give this track special props because... You guys probably know this whole score. It's very popular, and it's and it's very good, and, and most of it is is instrumental. But this track, I think, is really impressive because having vocals in a video game, I don't know, for some reason, it's just it's so rare that it works. And I just think every single aspect of this is is working really well. The lyrics that he wrote, the production, the performance, it's just. All of it is just working. Uh, it's just working a lot for me. I think it helps that it's overtly a throwback, so it has sort of that defense of being a sort of quasi joke, but it's also a fantastic melody, and it's nailing that production sound. I think absolutely, man, what a catchy song! All right, let's move into the next year. This is 2013 for Mighty Switch Force Two. We're going to feature this and then one other game in this year before we move into 2014, which is a huge year for Jay Kaufman. All right, so this is Mighty Switch Force 2. Uh, very comfortable and at home here. It's kind of taking the sound and the energy that he established on Mighty Switch Force and kind of going into some interesting new directions. Let's take a listen to Rainbow Love Zone. Rainbow Love Zone. 
You guys are listening to Rainbow Love Zone from Mighty Switch Force 2 by Vert. Uh, and I think it was a really cool choice. Uh, he didn't just rehash the same stuff that he did in Mighty Switch Force 1. There's a little bit more um, kind of uh, earnest darkness in Mighty Switch Force 2. Like maybe some more tension, like emotionally, that I hear in the music. Very dancey and groovy, uh, but not quite as uh, sunshiny as, as the work he did in Mighty Switch Force. I think it's a really good choice for a sequel. Yeah, again, still the kind of blisteringly loud and cranked up to 11 production and the mixture of synth sounds is just fantastic. I really love the rhythm section in uh, both of these soundtracks. I mean, the way that the bass lines work together with the drums, it's just such a sense of pocket. And I love the drum sounds, too. They're just so fat and bassy and rich. Yeah. Man. Yeah, anyone that uh, was a fan of the original game and its soundtrack, uh, this must have been, you know, like Christmas morning or something. Absolutely. And this was also a really huge year for him, too, because this was the same year he got the DuckTales Remastered gig, which was really high profile. I remember that was something that, for me, uh, was kind of re-solidifying him as someone to look out for. Um, I think he did he did a good job with with that score as well. Let's move on to the last game we're focusing on in 2013. This is Altianus, A Tale of Petty Revenge. Definitely an obscure title in his work, not uh, hugely popular, but uh, he does have an album on Bandcamp, and I think it's really good. It's FM synth music that reminds me a lot of early Sega arcade games, like maybe late 80s, early 90s. Really uh, authentic stuff. Let's take a listen to Zone 1, Snowy Peaks. good i love the way that this track evolves and grows you have a really catchy melody with a really video gamey chord progression that half step movement between those two chords but i really like the arrangement and how he kind of waits to add more of those arpeggios uh, and the harmonies and yeah it's just a really feel good uh, masterful piece of video game music couldn't agree more yeah, this is a really outstanding track. I love the melody. It's such a distinctly Kaufman motive. Uh, just that sort of uh, short, short, long. That articulation is something. I've talked about this before on the show, but that's like the Kaufman rhythm. You know, <laughs> he uses that in so many melodies, in that specific rhythm and the specific articulation of it. It's interesting. This track is almost like. I don't know. It's it's the um, 
kind of the quintessential example of it, I guess. God, it's so good. And I was really impressed when this came out. For me, it was a turning point for him because I was just so impressed that he was able to nail this kind of the Sega FM synth arcade sound. It just really reminded me of music that I heard, you know, coming from that era. But it, it was a brand new score, you know, in 2000. 13 and another so. thing that's impressive is his restraint within that because we're used to him having right. really kind of crazy all-out rock arrangements with big drum parts but this uses a very simple kind of noise drum sound which i imagine is again it's just another thing that kind of is on the nose for that style and that era yeah for sure he's kind of losing himself in all right now we move on to 2014 and like we said before in our opinion maybe his his masterpiece here very, very beloved game and soundtrack used with the VRC6 chip of the NES. This was all tracked in Famitracker, and you can actually download the NSF of this, which is just so educational uh, to look through. This is Shovel Knight. And we have focused so much on uh, Strike the Earth, which we still think is is the best thing he, he has ever done, personally. That's that you can't get that better than that truck. We wanted to focus on a different piece today because we focused so heavily on that on the podcast. We wanted to play the main theme actually of Shovel Knight, which is in some ways maybe uh, overshadowed by that Strike the Earth theme. This is a wonderful theme. Uh, it just kind of perfectly captures all of the unique combination of energies that he taps into on the score. Let's take a listen to the main theme from Shovel Knight. <laughs> guys are listening to the main theme from Shovel Knight, composed by Jay Kaufman. It's just incredible. There's so much to talk about. Like, pick any good track from Shovel Knight. You could just analyze it for an entire podcast. There's so much happening here. His use of counterpoint, his use of kind of classic video game arpeggios with a rocking backbeat, really good melody. Uh, yeah, there's just, I don't even know where to begin on this. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Some of those chord moves that are so much more advanced than anything you get in old video game music. It's like what we so celebrated about Shovel Knight when it came out was that uh, he really stuck the landing of this very important title. Shovel Knight was a yeah. really popular game and probably up to that point the greatest example of kind of like a modern title 
that's paying homage to uh, the classic side-scrollers of the 80s and 90s. There have been, you know, a myriad of games trying to do something like this, but Shovel Knight was the first one that felt like it could almost replace one of those titles. It was that good. And Kaufman's music totally fits the bill, and the thing that's great about both the game and the soundtrack is that it kind of fills the role of what your imagination remembers those classic games to be like. For sure. Uh, because the, you know, there's an improved color palette and there's more detail in the music obviously with that VRC6 chip mm-hmm. than uh, there would have been for you know the average title back in the 80s or 90s but he really captures the melodic and energetic spirit of those games while like and we've said this before while going farther than those composers ever did I mean on an implementation level melodically the chord progression the arrangement everything is just so it takes your breath away, man. It's just staggering. yeah. It goes farther than any other video game soundtrack ever has in all the ways that Will just mentioned, which is why it's so popular, so beloved, and yeah, he absolutely outdid himself. Okay, let's move on to a pretty obscure title. Uh, this is, I think, the next thing he he released after Shovel Knight. It's called Boot Hill Heroes. And it turns out he was actually working on this for about two years, and it's a Super Nintendo score. So the game is is probably a PC game, but the musical style, uh, I think they wanted it to be Super Nintendo. So it's kind of his love letter to JRPGs uh, for the Super Nintendo. And so he did a really good job. He wanted it to be like a Western, so there's some Ennio Morricone vibes here, but also being played on a Super Nintendo. So really interesting combination of influences. There's a beautiful theme called Doc's Theme, the Mysterious Stranger from Boot Hill Heroes. guys are listening to Doc's theme from Boot Hill Heroes by Jay Kaufman. Now some of the pieces of music uh, in the score sound like they could be right out of a Super Nintendo. Other ones f- feature probably some more production and mixing stuff that to me feels like more advanced than the SPC 700. But uh, yeah, this, this is a really cool side. I like the delicate orchestral side of Jay Kaufman because he's incredible at that too. <laughs> it's unfair. Yeah, I mean, he has such a diverse catalog. Um of music and i think one of the ways that he's grown the most i'd say uh, just as a fan of his that i've noticed is uh his abilities and his diversity and range when it comes to production um because there's always been you know a myriad of influences stylistically in in his work but you know in the later years I, uh, particularly as we move into like you know Supreme League of Patriots and <laughs> some of the later Shantae stuff, yeah, where it just gets to be um, 
just kind of spot on genre stuff that is very specific and requires a different skill set than just general kind of video game production techniques. Let's move on to Shantae in The Pirate's Curse, which is still in 2014. Uh, this is a really awesome score. This was the first score in the Shantae series that I followed. I remember downloading it on Bandcamp the day it was released, listening to it at my old job, and just being so in love with the whole thing. This is probably my favorite track in the score. It's called Do You Even Whip from Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. <laughs> like if Guybrush 3 Pro had all of a sudden turned really cool. <laughs> Reminds me of the music of Monkey Island, but like way more funky. Uh, I love the drum part change halfway through. It's it's just, I mean, what can you say? This is just the best. Yeah, totally agreed. Man, the sound of that Hammond organ is just so funky. And, and that mixed with the <laughs> FM bass is a really cool Unlike mixture. anything I've ever heard. And it's just distinctly Kaufman, isn't it? It's just... One of those chord voicings are, are really kind of gnarly. Yeah. You know, he's using some cool jazz substitutions that make it mm-hmm. uh, especially kind of, you know funky and dirty well let's move on to 2015 this is a title called adventures of pip which i know for me was a very exciting soundtrack release you know i always get emails every time jake releases a, an album and so i downloaded this right away and, and was very excited by this it's an orchestral score uh sequenced but it just sounds really beautiful not not sure if the game was was that popular but uh the score is really good this is a track called sir william also known as the ghost knight Uh, And you guys should definitely check out, uh, listen to this whole soundtrack. Uh, It's probably not as popular as a lot of his other work, but it's a really cool side of Jay Kaufman. I remember when it came out, Marty especially, I think he sent us a a group text and he was just blown away by it because he didn't know that Jake was such a good orchestral composer as well. So anyway, let's take a listen to Sir William. Thank you. 
This is so rousing. You guys are listening to Sir William from Adventures of Pip, composed by Jay Kaufman. Really wonderful sequencing uh, work here. Wonderful composition. This actually reminds me of a piece that you would write well. Wow, what a compliment. Thank you, Carl. Because I hate it. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so good. It's just really fun and melodic, and it reminds me of John Williams, so that's probably why I said that. Yeah, but it also sounds like Jake Kaufman, you know? Yeah, it's weird, if but it does. If that makes sense. It, how is that possible, has his how melodic does it, style. How does it sound like Jake Kaufman, but it's so different? Yeah, da, 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 da. You, it, I mean, it uses this old-fashioned Dorian modal uh, kind of melodic statement that mm-hmm. feels kind of medieval and, you know, high fantasy adventure, which is a For huge sure. part of video game music and there's also this kind of um even in like a subtle lighter piece there's still this kind of intensity in snarl to how he's arranged it and even the timbres that he's able to get out of those brass virtual instruments Mm -hmm. uh that it just sounds like jake you know this is jake doing a subdued orchestral track it's still pretty (laughs) loud it's still pretty intense and it still has those moments of kind of you know sharp orchestral hits yeah, well, that's a really good point. It's like no, no matter the genre and the tone that Jake is going for, it's probably going to be more energetic than any other music in that style. <laughs> so, so all right, we're going to move on to, we have two more titles from 2015 to talk about. First thing we're going to move on to happens to be this week's track of the week. It's from Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows, which was the first out of two DLCs that were released. Totally new score and... Some of the pieces on this are even better than the stuff on Shovel Knight. It's just incredible. We we had a hard time picking track of the week. We thought this was a this is a good choice. This is called the final note. And the one thing that he definitely did in Plague of Shadows is he went deeper into the classical influence and just the authenticity of the writing. This is a gorgeous piece of music. Again on the VRC six chip. Let's take a listen to the final note. <laughs> You guys are listening to the final note from Shovel Knight, Plague of Shadows. This week's track of the week. Honestly, we could have just like closed our eyes and pointed and <laughs> picked a track of the week that would have been fitting. Every single one of these pieces today on the playlist is phenomenal. Uh, Will, can you talk a little bit about some of the really cool implementation stuff he's doing here on the NES? Like, I was particularly moved by his use of volume and vibrato. Doesn't that sound so expressive? Very expressive. Uh, another... Um 
element that makes it sound so expressive is uh, you mentioned uh, vibrato um, and what I think is interesting about tracking is that I think you have more control with elements like vibrato and expression than you do in other methods of music making because every parameter you have control over which is one of the things that makes it difficult speaking of that another really impressive thing about this track that we may have mentioned before is the kind of fluidity of the tempo. It's played with what we would call right. rubato, um, which is just kind of at the will of the player. But to actually create that and program that is very difficult. And it requires a very subtle manipulation of the speeds. Um, right. There are these, these codes on Famitracker to control speed. Um, and he's clearly manipulating them um, probably constantly to get the sense of, you know, someone playing it on piano and they might take a little bit more time on this measure and then make up for it over here. And that's really right. hard to make it sound human in that way. And that's what he does here. That's like the most impressive aspect of technology is when you're able to emulate something that's intuitive for a human to do. But on a machine, it's so intensive in... Uh, just painstaking to, to get that to happen. In the end result, you hopefully don't even notice it. You know, the average game player would just, oh, this is pretty, and oh, it sounds expressive or whatever. But they're not going to realize how much work <laughs> went into to get to that point. So, right. bang up job, Jake Kaufman, and all the Shovel Knight stuff. All right, let's move on to another awesome, exciting score that came out in 2015. This is Supreme League of Patriots. And I believe this was the first time that uh, what was credited as the Mint Potion House Band was featured on a Jay Kaufman soundtrack. And, and the Mint, po- Mint Potion is kind of like a company and studio that uh, Jake is still active with. So a lot of really good performance here. This is a send up of um, 70s and 80s disco and funk music, things that would score like an old cop show or, you know, even sometimes maybe like porn music. Just really cheesy, but incredibly funky. Very, very good music music here. Uh, This is, I think, the best track of that score. It's a knockout. Let's take a listen to Stan's theme. listening to Stan's theme which is absolutely delicious oh god I love this I put this soundtrack on so much when I have work to do it's great background music Jake is playing bass guitar and keys on the score Jeff Ball does some really good violin work as well yeah just kind of this classic 70s sound where it's like a funk band but then you also have a little bit of like orchestral colors in the background it's it's so good that's that kind of old school 
what, what do they call it like third stream or whatever that you know m- melding of orchestral elements you know with more kind of rock or jazz elements and oh, it's it's so kind of cheesy and old school and I, it's something that I, I really love about disco music and I, I really adore that those kind of elements are kind of in vogue now and are sort right. of a popular thing to send up in pop music and I think we just have to find the humor in it you know there is something that people might find a little bit saccharine about you know like a flute mixed in with <laughs> the kind of wah guitar and bass and everything but it just takes some years so away great. from it to appreciate it I think you know there was a lot of people very critical when these trends started to happen in the 70s and 80s people that said oh disco is just the worst and they were so excited to move away from it but a little bit of time away to get some perspective there was a lot of really positive musical things that were happening that we still go back to a lot in pop music and and film music and game music. And so, uh, yeah, this, this is just a great love letter to all that stuff. Okay. Let's move on to Shantae Half Genie Hero, which is the most recent score in this series. And it's hard to say what's the best Shantae score. I mean, I always oscillate between this and The Pirate's Curse. Um, They're both so, so good. But this one is definitely the funkiest (laughs) Shantae score. Uh, This came out in 2016. Let's take a listen to Counterfeit Mermaids. few years you have to admit that jake kaufman has really gotten funky yes he has Uh, he's just all of his scores kind of have this authentic funk sensibility um either to the production um or at the very least to the composition i mean those lines you know i I mean i love everything about this i think the melody is really good the chord progression is so long and every single chord change is just so appealing. Very jazzy, very funky. Again, this is Counterfeit Mermaids, which I think is the highlight of Half Genie Hero for me. Uh, I remember uh, the place I used to live in, my old roommate, he used to jam out to this a lot. Uh, and so I would hear this song being played a lot, but I, you could never grow tired of this. It's just so, so good. Okay, so we're gonna move away from that funkiness. We have two more tracks today. Uh, one is the playout, so you guys gotta stick around. 
another thing that happened in 2016 was Cat Girl Without Salad, which I adore. It started off as an April Fool's joke, but then eventually way forward turned it into a game, and Jake wrote the corresponding soundtrack. And the BGM tracks are like seven, eight minutes long, and they're just incredible. I've played one last year. I think it was called Kawaii Galaxy. Today we're going to play Radical Galaxy, which is the funnest, catchiest thing ever. A couple other recent things that he did that you should check out that we can't include today. Pulsar Arena, he did an alternate version of Crypt of the Necrodancer score, which is really cool, taking Danny's stuff and, and messing with it. But anyway, let's take a listen to Radical Galaxy from Cat Girl Without Salad. This is phenomenal. Seriously, Cat Girl Without Salad is one of my favorite Jake scores ever. And I know that's kind of silly and it started off as a joke, but the energy level that he had, I imagine he did this music really quick. There's a spontaneity to it that is unparalleled. The Kawhi Galaxy and this Radical Galaxy. This is seven minutes long and it never <laughs> loops. It's just always new music. So, so fun couple other things we should mention as we're wrapping up here uh, that Jake is currently working on. He's been working on this Nurin, the new renaissance, for a long time, which should be really exciting. He's also scoring a television series now, this this um, cartoon on Cartoon Network, this kind of action comedy series called OK KO Let's Be Heroes, which is really cool. And I think some of uh, his music he posted somewhere online of that. So that's a lot of cool stuff. Also, Bloodstained. What a perfect fit, though, right? You know, I mean, yeah. can't you just imagine this music being in some kind of like Powerpuff Girls kind of thing yeah <laughs> absolutely also uh bloodstained ritual of the night is coming out in 2018 which is uh, another one of those kickstarter games that's gonna now it's gonna pair him with machiro yamani which i think will be really cool as well oh as ippo gosh. yamada it's gonna be machiro yamani ippo yamada and jay kaufman doing the score wow so, what a cool mix that's so yeah fun. Ko- yeah yeah koji igarashi is producing it so uh kind of a love letter to castlevania is what it seems like so how exciting is that gonna be Dude, I can't wait. Speaking of Castlevania vibes, we're going to play you out with a phenomenal piece of music. Please, please stick around and listen to this, guys. Probably one of the best playout tracks we've ever had. This is Hidden by Night from from Shovel Knight Spectre of Torment, which is remixing and cranking up to 11 the Lich Yard theme from Shovel Knight. So, so good. I had an amazing time. I will say this this episode today spoiled me. Uh, Now I'm going to expect this level of music going forward, which will almost never happen. Uh, What an absolute 
absolute treat. Hopefully nobody was disappointed last week when we tweeted that this was the topic, expecting we would have an interview. Uh, let's try to hope for that maybe in the future at some point. It would be so great. He doesn't do a lot of interviews, so it would yeah, be, it would and be we a almost We almost had it on the docket for a couple yeah. years ago. We mm-hmm. were we almost had it. We kept going we back and forth on mm-hmm. dates, and he got really busy, and then he got sick, and there was all kinds of stuff, and then it just sort of it never ended Exploded, up happening. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and then also at that time, you know, his notoriety and busyness and and everything just exploded. So um, it totally is understandable. Uh, that we weren't able to make that happen. But, you know, maybe some point in the future uh, we will. So we look forward to that. And either either case, look forward to a lot more of wonderful Jake Coffin music going forward. Okay, once more, we'll play you out with this Spectre of Torment track. A uh, couple plugs here. Thanks to all of our patrons for supporting us. It's a great way if you're interested in supporting the show. We have a Discord server, and if you want to join the Marcado fam, nerding out about video game music, send us a comment or email, and we'll give you an invite for that. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, and thanks to all the people leaving reviews on there. That's very helpful. Uh, Marty recently released an album, Robo Girl, that you can find on his band camp. We also have a bonus episode of it on our website, so check out our website for more details on that uh i think that's just about it and it got anything will yeah definitely check out robo girl it's freaking fantastic i've been kind of so good obsessed with listening to that and the timing of that was really fun because marty released that basically the day i think it was the day that um we did vgm we, con. yeah that we played our vgm con show and we had so much yeah fun and speaking of vgm con we we posted one video so far uh actually of sapphire falls from sonic esque one that was our live debut performance of that uh so check that video out that's a lot of fun we'll probably f- post a couple more from that from that show so all right guys i think that's about it my name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.